feeling like you belong. Someone else understands what you are dealing with. Knowing that you are not alone can be so difficult if you are in a special needs family. Isolation, visible differences, the ability to have so-called normal experiences can slam you in the face daily. Judgment can be harsh. Losing friends because your children need extra, extra help with daily living skills, extra attention, extra monitoring for safety, extra planning and prepping, just all the extras. No, you are not alone. Others have paved the way before you. Finding people that understand can be hard. We all have our own story. We all have experiences that can help others. I am Gail Hamblin, and this is the More Alike Than Different podcast. Welcome back to the More Alike Than Different podcast. This is episode two. We're going to discuss the dreaded question. Yes, we are. We're going there. We're going to discuss the dreaded question. When you join the Down syndrome community, inevitably, you get asked a host of standard questions. Some questions are annoying, some take too long to explain, and some just rub you the wrong way. I must say, it usually depends on how the person is asking me the question. I've had so many experiences with questions that I sometimes hate going in public. As you know, I'm an introvert, so I already didn't like it to begin with, but I try to come from a place of educating the person that asked. You can't always do that. You know, spreading awareness and advocating for these precious children and adults with an extra chromosome, that's important. Sometimes others refuse to learn or dismiss your answers. So you just have to do what you can do. Then there are those that give you looks. There are a variety of looks too, mind you, but I digress. Today we're addressing the dreaded question everyone asks. Even those in the special needs community will ask you this question. It is unescapable. Have I piqued your interest yet? Good, because the tension I just created is similar to how I feel when I take my child into a new public setting. All right, enough of me being a tease. The dreaded question that will always be asked is, did you know? It can be a harmless question from those trying to be empathetic and working through how you had to originally deal with being a special needs parent. It can also come from a place of judgment. Oh, you knew you still had a baby that you knew would be a drain on society. No matter how you answer the question, there is some explaining that must occur. If you answer a short yes or no, the answer really is not complete. So now that we know the question, we can prepare for it, right? Sounds simple enough, um, except I'm human and sometimes I have bad days. If someone asks me the question and I'm juggling 15 things, I get very short and frustrated. So for the record, I'm going to tell you a shortened version of my pregnancy, labor, and delivery. I will warn you that I'm going to mention God quite a lot. So if my faith offends you, this probably is not the right podcast for you to listen to. All right, moving on. So the pregnancy. After having a horrible delivery with my firstborn, I did not want to have any more children. I had promised the hubby two children before we were married. But really, people, you don't know until you know. Anyway, I was pregnant with my second child. 
I was not very far along when I started spotting. I thought I was having a miscarriage. As I sat in the bathroom, I just started crying uncontrollably. I had read in the Bible about those that cried out to God, and I truly did not understand what that was like until that day. I cried and I prayed so hard and so loudly for God to save my baby. I was a humble puddle of human just begging for a life. Just so you know, I'm not commenting on others who have lost babies. That's a whole other topic, and my heart aches for every single mama out there that's lost a baby. I'm talking about me. The doctor said I had placenta previa. I should take it easy until the spotting stops. All right, I'll take it easy with a little toddler running around the house. So, four months of spotting. You all, four months. I knew something was wrong. I could not feel this baby moving and kicking like the first child. We had an ultrasound, and the tech said everything was fine, and they would not even tell me the sex of our baby. It was a horrible ultrasound. I, I, I don't even want to go over it again. It was, it was that bad. But she was wrong. Skip ahead to 33 weeks pregnant. I went to the doctor office for my checkup. The baby's heart rate was not what they wanted to see. So off to the hospital they sent me to get monitored for a few hours. Um, they didn't potentially like what they saw, so they set up a schedule for me to come back and be monitored for a few hours every day for a while. So I was sent home, and luckily I didn't have to do that for too long because I went into labor at home. So... Uh, I'd been saying all along this pregnancy was off. So one night around 10 p.m., I went into labor. <laughs> Silly me, I decided to labor at home for a few hours since the last time they didn't let me move around. Hubby went to bed to get some sleep. I decided to watch some Netflix, so I started watching Mayor Cupcake because parts of the movie were filmed in my home state. I still don't even know what happens at the end of the movie. Once the contractions got really close together, I called the doctor office, my parents, and I woke the hubby up. Hubby took me to the hospital, and my mom met us there. The doctor did not come. They put me in a waiting room to make sure I was in labor. I wanted medication at this point. I, I needed medication at this point, but it was it was not to come. Oh. The nurse was so concerned and worried that I started to pick up on the bad situation that I was in. They made me sit in bed and not move. Again. The baby's heart rate was dropping. Still, no doctor. I'm begging for an epidural at this point. I'm like literally asking the nurse every time she comes in, can I get an epidural? Because I did not have one with the last one. And I, I want it this time. Um... I was told that the anesthesiologist was not available, so I started crying. After four times for asking for some pain relief, I knew what was ahead of me. The nurse asked me why I was crying, and my mom says, she knows she's going to have to do it all on her own again. <laughs> I started praying for strength, courage, and wisdom. Anything I could think of, I would need to do this again. Anyway, you know that I make it, so and so does my child, so it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> but during this time frame, 
I didn't know. We knew the staff was worried and they would not give me any medicine. Finally, an anesthesiologist walks in and says, how come you guys didn't call me? And you're too far along for an epidural now. He said he could give me a spinal tap to help. And as he was about to put the needle in my back, the nurse runs in and says, you can't give that to her. I was about to cry again. He replies, she will need something either way. He sticks the needle in and gives me instant relief. I just remember saying, I love you. He turns to my husband and says, they all say that. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. So now I have a spinal tap and I'm able to concentrate. Finally, the doctor arrives. He's very calm and says that I need to listen to him. They kick my mom out of the room. I do believe that there's no way I could have focused on the doctor to do what he told me to do if I had not been given that spinal tap. They, um, they hit the blue button on the wall for every nurse and attendant and whoever else comes uh, that I felt like the whole hospital was in there. Yeah, introvert, discreet little me had about 20 people in the room. So we get through all of that. Um, as the doctor holds up my tiny baby boy, I noticed the big toe is farther from the other toes, and my gut just dropped. I knew that there was something physically wrong with my child. I wanted to know why the toes were different. I found out later that he had a prolapse cord, and I probably should have had a C-section, but there was no time. It was amazing that we were all okay. So, Hours go by, lots of staff come in and out to look at the baby. My curiosity was killing me. I finally asked, is someone, is anyone going to tell me what is wrong with my baby? The nurse hurried out of the room and she said, oh, I'll send somebody in. So they sent in a special nurse to break the news. I feel really bad for this nurse because that, that is a difficult job. So I asked her, you know, what's wrong with my baby? What do you guys think? What are you thinking? She says, we think your baby might possibly have Down syndrome. And I remember recalling a small paragraph I learned about Down syndrome in college. Um, and I remember them saying that they have more heart and kidney problems. So I, I looked at the nurse and I said, all right, can you tell me Tell me how you know that it's Down syndrome. Can you tell me? So she showed me the long crease in his left hand, his uh, eye shape, and his toes. And when I looked closely into his eyes, I saw the Down syndrome. I remember saying, I see it. I had, in that moment, accepted the DS diagnosis. I asked about his heart and his kidneys. And she looked so surprised that I was asking these questions. She told me that they were running tests to see how his heart and his kidneys were doing. Now, it took a little bit before I started to cry. I thought about the future and how his life would be. I started to mourn the loss of a normal baby. That may sound strange if you've not lived through this kind of mourning. You feel guilty for being sad, but it's normal. I thought about medical problems he might face, not getting married. I went down that rabbit hole pretty quickly. Having just given birth a few hours before, my hormones and emotions were all over the place. So, whew, sorry. So, 
I just needed to rest and enjoy my new baby. I have to tell the family. I knew I had to tell the family. And how are they all going to take it? So I had to tell so many people, hey, congratulations, we have a new baby, but guess what? Uh, I was so worried. I shouldn't have been, but I was. I had to call family one by one and tell them. Uh, being a grown-up stinks so badly sometimes. The next morning, the doctors come in and explain the blood work does not look good. We already have him under lights for the jaundice, so... We've already gone through all of this stuff, but now here comes something new. But this blood work suggests leukemia. Now, it had been less than 24 hours since I gave birth, and we are in for another life and death scenario. We talk about options and next steps. First, I pray. Then I get on my phone and I call everyone I know who believes in God and has a church prayer phone tree. I need help. I need a lot of help. I have almost lost this baby twice, and I'm in dire need of some miracles. The doctors return the next day and say, We have never seen this before. There's no way his levels could have changed this drastically in 24 hours. And our original blood work must have been wrong. Yeah. Thank you, God. We know who took care of that one. I know where the miracle came from. I'm not saying that every time you pray for something you will get it but i have seen firsthand the power of prayer so to answer the dreaded question no i did not know before he was born that he was going to have down syndrome no i did not know that he would teach me a new level of love pure true love that only a precious few of us get to experience no I did not know that we would have so many medical battles in our future. No, I did not know that my baby would have to work 10 times as hard as a neurotypical baby just to learn how to hold his head up on his own. But even if I did know, I would have chosen to keep this wonderful baby. I have learned more in the past eight years about the true meaning of life than I could have ever been able to by reading a hundred books. I'm grateful for every healthy and happy day. And if you are one that has judgment for me, I will not accept it. I'm flawed just like all of us mere mortals. I choose love and acceptance. Please consider doing the same. I hope this episode was helpful to you. Check out my Facebook page at Nightingale Books or my Instagram at Gail underscore author. My website is nightingalebooks.com. As always, you can purchase my book, More Alike Than Different, A Down Syndrome Awareness Tale, from wherever books are sold.